Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. We tend to approach God so often through the lens of human standards, through human measurements and qualities. And in doing so, we fail to know the true level and dynamic of His love because we think He loves us like mankind loves. But man's love is incomplete, often self-serving, and is quite generally conditional. Oh, but God's love is absent of all of these earthly failings. Sometimes we reject this profound love attribute in God because, you know, when things get difficult and things are painful around us, things painful happen to us, we cannot understand it, and therefore we cannot accept that a truly loving God would ever allow such things to happen to us. We cannot accept that such dealings with us is an expression of love. But again, in this we are using earthly human love as a baseline. Human love says you never allow pain or even discomfort for the one you love. Human love mandates understanding, but God's love does not. Human love is emotionally based, while God's love is factually and eternally based. And it is geared towards one, one's maturation, his or her spiritual development, and certainly his or her long-term well-being. I think the closest earthly comparison we would have is that of the love of a parent. Verse 8 says, I tell you, everyone who confesses me before men, the Son of Man, will also confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me in the presence of men will be denied in the presence of God's angels. So to confess in this passage means more than to publicly profess and declare your participation. It means to agree with. And even that is more than just a verbal affirmation. Rather, it calls for a physical lifestyle witness. Without that total life confession of the born-again transformation, in truth we are only hypocrites and liars. Because we effectually deny Christ and the power of his redemption. And we are, in response, denied by our Father in heaven. Verse 10 says, Everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But those who blaspheme against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Now, I think we all know that our shortcomings before God are given a lot of grace latitude. We fail so often, and yet we are still received as His children. But there is, however, an unforgivable sin. So what is this? blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Well, we first uh, observe this fact uh, in his address here, uh, in the idea that the context of the believer, not the unredeemed person on the street, but the context of the believer. So while the scripture is clear in its theological position of eternal security, one must not avoid difficult passages such as this Passages which seem to present cracks, if you will, in our doctrinal stance. 
We also need to firmly establish that anyone who prayerfully and fearfully deals with this issue, well, they can rest in the fact that they are not standing in the midst of a positional guilt on this issue. To understand this issue, we must understand what the ministry of the Holy Spirit really is all about. So concerning the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, John 16, 8, When He, the Holy Spirit that is, has come, He will convict the world about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment. And then in John 15, 26, Jesus said, He, again the Holy Spirit, will testify about me. Therefore, when we reject the work of that the Holy Spirit wants to do in us, when we reject the work that the Holy Spirit wants to do with us, when we have a continued and settled rejection of what His desires are for our lives, then we have effectually blasphemed the Holy Spirit. Now again, we cannot negate the fact that Scripture strongly supports the fact that salvation is complete and eternal. But scripture also emphatically states that if we love and follow Christ, we will obey him. Luke 6.46 says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I say? Matthew 7.21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So, perhaps we're just dealing with semantics on this issue, but the factual end result still remains. If you say you are a born-again believer today and you continually refuse to obey God's direction and His calling, you either are not or you cease to be your call, (laughs) a redeemed child of God. No matter your doctrinal position, the end is the same. Verse 11 says, When they bring you before the synagogues, the rulers, and the authorities, don't be anxious how and what you will answer or what you will say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that same hour what you must say. Now, some have incorrectly used this passage over the ages as a way to simply be lazy and not study and prepare before they teach the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, Quote, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than two and a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and is able to discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. End quote. Obviously, such an issue as the word of God is not to be taken lightly, and we are not to give And we certainly are to give our very best when sharing the Word of God, especially when it comes to the areas of study and preparation and prayer. 1 Peter 4.11 tells us, If anyone speaks, let it be as if it were the very words of God. That's a daunting call for any man and any woman of God. However, that being said, many folks can testify of the reality of this verse when applied in the way it is supposed to be applied, as to the promise of this in their own lives. Now, it may be their neighbor or friend instead of magistrates and authorities, but God came through just the same. It's just the right thing to say for that moment. How many of us have experienced such a moment? 
And the same is true in the reverse. If God does not want you to speak in that situation, you might find that you won't even be able to remember John 3.16. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.